Okay. I just suddenly realized that this is like the Titanic sinking. Yeah. It's like all scenic, and then the RMS Titanic. Let's go down. I know. I was I was up there in um I was up there in the dining hall this morning, and y'all were like, "Yeah, the Titanic," and I was like, "That's kind of crazy." And Brock goes, "Yeah, it's the whole lost and found," and I went, "Oh." <laughs> so uh, so who came up with Atlantis? They haven't found that. So you kind of missed the whole concept. You got the lost, haven't found it. So I'm just kidding. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's cool, you know. So um, oh, Brock left. I was going to make fun of Brock. Okay, uh, like a bunch of you, a bunch of you guys go walking by me this morning, and you're like Transformers. You know, one kid walked by me and went Decepticons. I was like, okay, cool. You know, and um. So anyway, so so like I'm hanging out back there and or this morning and Brock goes, I I don't even know Transformers, and I was like, that's that's crazy, and then he went a step further and this just like floored me. He goes and like last year they did like the whole like yoga theme and I went Yoda, and he goes, yeah, whoever that guy is. So. So yeah, um, so last year we had Yoda, and this year we have Snoopy, so there you go. Snoopy doesn't have a voice, so you remember last year when we did like the Yoda report? Well, that's, no, they did it some last year too. Was that two years ago? Okay. Yeah, we used to hide people in the freezer up in the cafeteria and like hand them a wireless microphone. So Yoda sounded like he was in like Antarctica or something, so shivering and stuff, so you guys doing okay? Yeah. Okay, the rest of you who aren't awake, are you all doing okay? No. 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 Okay, Colt told you when we get together, like, bad things tend to happen. Yeah, we went to bed at, like, 2.30 this morning. So, and I was up at 6.30. So, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm awake on four hours of sleep. I don't know how I'm awake, but I'm awake. So, so no, I don't drink coffee. And I haven't had Mountain Dew. I have, like, I had, I was going to say orange juice, but it's that Tim, Tim Pico or Tim, whatever. Mm, yeah, okay. You start messing with orange juice, you start making me mad, so it's okay. It's okay. Um, so I, I have, I have two things to let you guys know uh, before, before we get into, into this morning's lesson. Um, first of all, Colt. Killer job on finding lyrics for the songs this morning because the main two had la, 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 hey in both of them. And if you could have worked it into the last one, that would have been killer. Okay, second thing, you all are very misinformed because I have a schedule. And you all said the canteen followed chapel. It doesn't. Canteen, canteen is not till like 8 o'clock tonight. So... Oh yeah, there is one. Is there one? Okay, I don't see it, but y'all can y'all can vouch for it on that one. But after this, it says girls swim, boys elective. So, so that's what's going on after this one. So it's not canteen. We don't need y'all hopped up on that much sugar. So, okay. So what is our theme for this week? As Colt so aptly sang it to us this morning. Lost and found. We're we're seriously going to write that song. Like y'all are, we're just going to break into that one later on this week, and y'all are just going to be amazed. 
So, okay, uh, okay. So, um, well, I got thrown off horribly. Okay, so our theme is lost and found. And and last night I brought out the verse uh, out of John chapter 18, where it said that uh, not one person that belongs to him is going to be lost. And and that that is just such a reassuring thing to me. So I told you that starting this morning we were going to get into some different uh, people throughout the Bible that at one point were lost and then they were found. And so we're going to start at the very beginning. So if you will turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. If you don't know where that's at, just open up your Bible and it's like the very first page. Thank you, Megan. You actually have to go past the presented to... And then, like, the title page, and then the second title page, and then the contents. So it's not really page one. Thank you, Megan. Although, in my Bible, it is page one, because they start numbering it at Genesis. So. Okay, so Genesis, chapter number one. Who can, with, just raise your hand, who can quote the very first verse in the entire Bible? Little man in the back, you raise your hand first. Yeah. Stand up. I said stand up. I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Awesome. Are you related? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Somebody this morning, she goes, it was Megan. She goes, I don't like sitting in the back. She goes, I'm like 5'4", I can't see. I'm like, I'm 6'1", I can't. So... But it was a joke. But um, it's early. Leave me alone. Okay, so Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we know, we know all about creation. We know all about creation, how during like the six days, God would just simply say, Let there be, boom, there it was. You know, the very first one was let there be light. Uh, you know, let there be water. Let there be, you know, just all of this stuff. Like, he just, starts, he just starts speaking all of this stuff into existence. Which, in and of itself, is just a simply amazing thing. You know, because, I mean, like, he just spoke things into existence. You know, like, you walk outside. This is the one thing I always like about going somewhere where there's not a lot of light. It's like at night, you just walk out, and, like, you just look up, and you just see all these stars. And I mean, just the very fact that God just spoke all of that into existence. I mean, like, he literally just went, stars, and like, whoa. And they just, they just came, like, pouring out. And I mean, not just the ones that you see, because I mean, like, they're millions and millions of light years away. And I mean, like, the Hubble telescope, which they just went up and, like, put a new camera in, because the old one couldn't reach far enough, and they're hoping like to reach out, they just keep finding stuff out there. And I mean, God spoke all of that into existence. The trees, the birds, the the mountains, the rocks, the mosquitoes, the bugs, I mean, everything. He just spoke, and there it was. And then he gets down to to like the end of day five, and he's just kind of looking around, and every time it, it, it made this statement, and I always thought this was cool, it said, and it was good. Like, God looked at it and he goes, that's exactly how I want that to be. I mean, if you all think, I mean, honestly, think about an elephant. Like, that's one of the craziest looking animals, that or a giraffe. 
I, I mean, in all honesty, you know, they're just they're goofy looking animals. And and God goes, God goes, it's perfect. It's perfect. And then God like looks around and He goes, but it's missing something. And I love this because in verse 26 of chapter one. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. I mean, God like looks around at everything, and all of a sudden he goes, It's missing something. He goes, I've created all of this, and it's missing something. And he goes, I need to create man. And he goes, but we're going to do something. Instead of just speaking them into existence, we're going to make them in our image. If you will, turn over to uh, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 begins with the seventh day. Like God has created everything, and it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And then it goes back and it recaps kind of everything that he had done the previous six days. And Genesis 2-7 is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. King James says, Then man became a living soul. You see, God spoke everything into existence. The stars, the trees, the moon, just everything. He spoke into existence. But he got his hands dirty when he created us. Like, he didn't just speak us into existence. Like, he literally got down in the dirt and got his hands dirty when he, when he made us. And, and I love that, because when I started thinking about that, I can just imagine him like, like getting this huge pile of dirt up and just kind of standing there and he looks over at Jesus and he looks over at the Holy Spirit and he goes, hey, we're going to make this thing called man and we're going to make him in our image. And I'm going to make him out of that pile of dirt. How many of y'all are afraid to get dirty? Your camp? Awesome. Chloe... <laughs> He's like, I don't like to get dirty. You're made of dirt. I mean, you're, you're seriously made of dirt. And I mean, God is standing there over this like huge pile of dirt, and he goes, do you see it? And the other two are like, yeah. And it's cool. And I can just see him like as he begins to shape the head, and, and he begins to talk to it as he, as he creates it. And he gets to where the eyes are going to be, and he goes, these eyes are going to see things that I've created over the last five days. And then he gets to the ears, and he goes, these ears are going to hear birds singing. He's like, and this nose is going to smell these flowers that I've created, and this mouth is going to be able to, to communicate. And these hands are going to be able to hold on to the things that I've created. You see, we just kind of skim over that verse really quick. Yeah, God made us. But did you ever take time to think about what God might have been thinking while he was creating us? So he makes Adam. 
And Adam's standing there, and Adam's kind of like looking around, and he's like, hey, this is cool. And God goes, go name everything. So Adam goes, and he starts going, giraffe, elephant, dung beetle. Those things are hilarious. If you don't know what a dung beetle is, I'll tell you later. So there's something else I was going to tell you later. Japanese word for, for cockroach. I'll tell you later. So, so I won't. Y'all won't let me. So, so, he's, so he's creating this. And, and Adam's standing there, and like he suddenly starts noticing that like there's two elephants, and there's two giraffes, and for some reason there's two dung beetles, and probably like 13 million cockroaches already on like day six. <laughs> Adam's probably going, can you just like get a nuclear bomb and just <laughs> so so? But Adam's like standing there, and like he starts looking around, and he he, I'm sure Adam, you know. Could, could work the math out. He's probably like, one, two, one, two, one. And he starts looking around, and God goes, so you want somebody? And he goes, yeah, and Adam, he goes, okay, Adam, go to sleep. So we all know the story. Like, Adam goes to sleep, God takes the rib out and makes Eve. And Adam wakes up, and he's like, whoa, she's hot. <laughs> Granted, he had nothing to compare her to, but I'm sure she was made in God's image. She was actually any girl is attractive. Like when you when you look at when you look at a girl for who she truly is, and that is who God created her to be. She's beautiful. Um, my girlfriend would kill me, but like she'll call me. She called me the other night when I was up in New Hampshire, and my phone rings. And I have one of those phones where, like, her picture pops up, and it's like this goofy picture of her. She'd hate it. But it's this goofy picture of her, and it pops up, and I laugh every time I see it. And I flip the phone open, and I go, hey, beautiful. And she goes, I was wondering how you were going to answer it, because I'll usually answer, like, beautiful or baby doll or just, you know, something like that. And, and I tell her, I'm like, you know what, you, you need to know that. And I'm sure that Adam was that same way. I mean, he probably followed Eve all around that garden going, man, you're gorgeous. Oh. You know, God's probably like, hey, Adam, there's still, like, stuff that needs to be named. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm with her. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, God, God created them. And, and as, as much blame as we want to throw on, on this situation, God knew that this very thing was going to happen. We all know the story. God said, hey, you can, you can eat of anything in this garden that you want except for that one tree. Don't eat of that one tree. And we all know that Satan, in the form of a serpent, came up and enticed Eve. And he said, hey, Eve, if you eat of that tree, then you will be like God. You'll know the difference between good and evil. Now, here's where, here's where this changes. If you look at the last verse of chapter 2, it says, and the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. What that verse means is that they weren't ashamed because there was no, there was no evil. There was no good, there was no evil. They, were, they just were. So here's where we see the whole thing change. Chapter 3. See, we're, like, we're going through the whole book of Genesis this morning. Actually, I'm totally joking. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the, that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say 
You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree of life that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. But the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So we know what happens. Eve takes a bite of it, and she's like, Man, this thing is great. And remember, Adam's love struck, because she's beautiful. And she walks up to him, and she goes, Here, you've got to try this. It's great. And he probably grabs it and like takes a big bite of it, and then as soon as he bites down into it, he goes, wait a minute, where did this come from? And she goes, it came from that tree. So I love this part. Verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So see, it's such, a, it's such a transition from the end of chapter 2 to that verse in chapter 3, where all of a sudden they know what's going on. Like they understand that there's something wrong. For the first time, they understand that something's wrong. I know this is kind of like a weird comparison, like when I was little, my mom used to go, hey, don't touch that, it's hot. Anybody ever heard that statement before? Hey, don't touch that, it's hot. How many of y'all touched it? I didn't know what hot was. All I knew was it glowed. It's like that one glows and none of the other ones do. It's like, you know. Like you come back, you got like rings on your hand. You're like, that hurts. That hot. That hurts. I mean, it's kind of that thing. It's like, then suddenly it was like, hey, you know what? That's hot. Oh, I remember what that was. You know, then we say that, like, Eve was hot. So, you know, our language is weird. But here you go. Like, suddenly it, it tells us that they understood that there was good and that there was evil. And here's what they do, and here's where we get into the lost and found part. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Remember, there's one of those questions where God already knows the answer before he, before he says anything. I have a four-year-old nephew and a two-year-old niece. I love them. Mainly I love them because I can like, get them riled up and then send them home with my sister. <laughs> More importantly, I can send them home with my brother-in-law, which makes it even more entertaining. But I, I love it, because I remember my nephew when he was little. When he figured out the concept of hide-and-seek, he goes, hey, Nuncle. He called me Nuncle. He goes, hey, Nuncle. I was like, yeah, buddy. He goes, he goes I want to hide. I'm like, okay, you go hide, and I'll come find you. And he goes, Okay, you count. And I'm like, okay. And I would start counting, and he would just go like this. <laughs> Standing right in the middle of the room, he would just cover his face. And I, so I would get done counting, and I would go, ready or not, here I come. And he'd be going. <laughs> and I'd walk all around him. I'd be like, where's Cade? I'd go look behind the couch. I'd go look behind this. I knew full well where he was. He's standing right in the middle of the room. 
Sometimes it was like up on the coffee table. <laughs> but he's just standing there like, you can't see me. And I'd be like, where's Cade? First time I'd say, where's Cade? He would go, here I am. It's like, okay, kid, you're not understanding the concept. Okay, the point is for you to hide and me to find. He's like, okay, again, okay, one, two. Where's Cade? Here I am. Okay, now he's four. The kid is killer at hide and seek. He goes, I'm going to go hide. Okay, so he takes off running with my two-year-old niece right behind him. And I'll go, ready or not, here I come. And I'll go around and I'm like, where's Cade? And I can hear him giggle. But I don't know where the giggle's coming from. And then I'm like, where's Hannah? And she like pops up from behind the door. Here I am. <laughs> not what Adam and Eve did. God's like, where's Adam? And I can just imagine it. Okay, I'm going to like stand over you too. Like they're just kind of hanging out behind this bush and God's like, hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. I mean, he's like hovering like right over them and they're probably like, <laughs> we're wearing fig leaves. We're hidden. And he goes, hey guys, where are you at? And he probably like walks right up to them. Verse 10, it says, And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Another question that he knew the answer to. Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Another question that he knew the answer to. The man said, The woman who gave to me, who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. I love that. I just threw that little part in because it's fun. Because we do that. Anybody have like a younger sister or brother? Yeah, I do too. Um, I loved it. Who broke that? Um, well, you see, what happened was she pushed me over there and I took off running that direction and ran into it. But it was all her fault because of what she did over here. And that was always, that never worked. It was like both of you go to your rooms. <sighs> you know. Okay, and I told you all I was ADD. My Ridlin was a brown leather belt. Okay. They didn't have pills. I had a belt. And I'm thankful that I had that. But you see, in this point, God goes, hey guys, where are you at? And they're hiding. They're like, mm mm-hmm. He goes, hey guys. And finally Adam goes, we're here. I mean, we're the only two people in the garden. He's going to find us eventually. We're right here. Why are you hiding? We were naked. Well, who told you that you were? Um, then, she, then he's like, did you all eat of that tree? She, she made me do it. No, she goes, here. And he goes, thank you. But you see, guys, here's, here's the concept of the lost and found, and here's where it all starts. 
Last night I told you all that, that, that the term lost gets thrown around so much in churches and in camps and stuff like this. And like simply what it means is that there is not a relationship between you and the Savior that gave his life for you. It means that you are lost to, to the eternity that God has planned for us. You see, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in this perfect environment. And daily they walked with God. Like when it says that Adam heard God walking through, that wasn't the first time he'd heard it. He knew what that sound meant. And usually when that sound probably came, he ran to meet up with God because he was excited about that. But this time he ran away. You see, he lost that relationship. And the reason that he lost that relationship was because sin had entered in. And so often we'll run up to somebody and we'll go, Hey, are you lost? No. Cole said, you know, we used to travel. My, my worst thing was I always had to turn around once. Even with the GPS or printed out directions, I always had to turn around once. Because I would like miss a turn or go down the wrong way. I went... I went the wrong way down a one-way street in Chicago in a 15-passenger van with a trailer. Not a lot of fun. But you see, there comes a point in time where you're just driving and you're driving and you're driving and you're driving and then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You know, and your mom's probably sitting there going, I told you you should have stopped and asked for directions. I have a GPS. It's not always right. I think it's funny that the GPS voice is a woman. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, we changed my dad's to a British woman, which was really entertaining. Yeah, because it's really funny because he gets directions in, in British. Um, but he uh, here's what happens. I said an alarm. Um, Here's what happens, guys. The reason that Christ had to come, the very reason that Jesus Christ had to be born, live a perfect life, and die on a cross, was known before Adam and Eve were even formed. He's described as the lamb that was slain before the very foundations of the earth. Before Genesis 1-1 ever happened, God knew that Jesus Christ was going to die. So when Jesus was walking through searching for Adam and Eve, searching for Adam and Eve, it didn't come as a surprise that that was going to happen. Here's the first idea that I want you guys to look at between the lost and the found. Somebody has to realize that they're lost. Like when I was driving around, no, I know exactly where I'm going. And then there came that moment where I went, wait, I'm lost. Some of you all may have come here just thinking that it was just going to be camp as usual, a lot of fun, a lot of games, which it's going to be. I mean, you guys have been having a blast already. Colt's like, I haven't even been here 24 hours. I definitely haven't been here 24 hours. But I can already tell that you guys are having a lot of fun. But like I said last night, if there's somebody here that you don't know what it means to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, here's where the first step. The first step is recognizing that you are lost. Recognizing that you don't have that relationship. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, suddenly that relationship wasn't there. And they knew it. 
and they were lost. But here's the cool part. God went looking for them. And there's some of you all here that God may be looking for you. He might be walking through your life going, Hello? Are you here? And y'all are hiding behind some bush in there just waiting for him to walk by going, Maybe he won't find me. And guys, every chapel is going to end this way. If that's you, find a counselor. If that's you, find me. If that's you, find Brock. If that's you, find Uncle Paul, Leanne, Colt, Barnhouse, Tom. Not them right now, but... But guys, to ultimately be lost, there's no greater joy than when you're found. Because here's what's cool, and I'm going to say this in wrapping up. The first thing that God did for them was he made them clothes. Not just any clothes. He killed a lamb and made them clothes from the lamb. And then he sacrificed that lamb. And what he was doing at that point, he goes, you guys were lost, but it's going to be through a lamb that is slain that you guys are going to be found. So from the very foundation of the world, all throughout history, from Genesis 1-1 until today, everything revolves around that. Everything revolves around the cross. You may be lost, but you can be found. And it's through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Father, we just thank you that, that even before the world was, was formed, you knew that your son was going to be slain. You knew that your son was going to be given for us. And Father, you still created us because you loved us. And you wanted, to, you wanted us to understand what that love was. And Father, my prayer today and every time we meet is that if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, that they will not leave this place until they know for sure that you're their Savior. Because there is no greater joy than to be lost and then found. Found by you. All right, campers.